Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, all, and welcome to Sin's Chat Corner. We have a unexpected Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday morning show, and I'm very excited to announce that singer Amy Rose is actually going to be on the show this morning. So instead of have her waiting on hold here, let's get right to our interview and see what she's got to say. Good morning, Amy. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm doing just fine for this lovely Saturday morning, and how are you? I'm doing fantastic now that I'm talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. I was so, so very excited. Um, I was just going to tell the studio audience because I didn't get a chance to. Michael Stover, who happens to be your publicist, is probably one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. <laughs> oh, he, he is me, pretty awesome, i got to say. Oh, my gosh. He brings me the most amazing talent, um, all very diverse individuals, each one of you so far that I've had on my show, and I'm always excited to have each of you here because it's just an amazing experience for me. So I have to thank you, and, of course, thanks to Michael, of course, for having you um, get booked on the show. I'm very, very excited, and I'm very fascinated to ask you a bunch of different questions. Um, I've done my research a little bit here, so I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit, if that's okay with you. Oh, yeah, let's go for it. Okay, wonderful. First of all, I wanted to talk about your origins, because as I understand it, you were um, a native of, uh, I believe it's called Barrie, Canada, is that correct? Yeah, uh, well, Barrie, Ontario, and I'm from Canada. That's exactly what I thought. Um, could you maybe tell us of your initiation into the music industry, meaning, first off, I'm curious because, of course, obviously I live in the United States. Canada may be a little bit different. What kind of outlets were available to you musically there, how you initially started off on your journey here musically? Um, it's Oh, guys, it's a long story. Um, I was probably about five no I, I was five when i when i first you know wanted to when i actually approached my parents and said you know i want to i want to be a singer and and at that point people are like you know five what do they know like you know go watch barney but <laughs> but uh-huh. um you know my parents my parents humored me and and um i got up and i i sang and and at that point my parents were like okay we've got something here you know let's work with it and, um, you know, years later when I was 13, I released my first album. I was very fortunate um, to meet some, some great producers in my area. And, you know, with, with us working hard, we, had, you know, produced an album and, and released it. And, and it landed me some amazing opportunities, um, including going on a, on a tour. And then, um, you know, we, we, uh, it was a gospel album. At that point, it wasn't really a country album that I was working on, but it was always country that I wanted to do. And in Canada, it's probably harder to to make it into the industry. Not not so um, that it's hard, but there there is a lot of great talent from Canada, and everybody's just you know wanting to make it. And and you know, it's not like there's a whole lot of outlets opposed to the U.S. Right. So right. It, it's almost like everybody is trying to make it at at that point, and you're trying to use the same outlets. So it's it's what makes you different from everybody else is what's going to get you there. Exactly. I would agree. I found it so interesting because I see that your musical career originally initiated, if we want to be technical about it, at the age of five. Um, I was very curious to kind of ask you maybe some of your earliest inspirations, meaning, okay, you're five years old and you're at home. Are you tinkering around? What? How did you get into that? I mean, how did this start? Um, I grew up in in a musical family, not not so that they sang, but they just loved music like people in general, right? So they were always listening to, you know, um, Patsy Cline and Dolly Parton and, and Conway Twitty, the, the true classics of country, right? And um, I just remember sitting there listening to their records and, and, oh, my God, I'm showing my age when I say records, but, um, you know, they would, they would listen to records of Dolly Parton, and, and I am a huge fan of Dolly Parton. So at that point, you know, I would walk around the house singing and, and humming and, you know, just, just practicing. It was like, you know, I almost wasn't like a normal kid. I would, you know, come home and I wouldn't want to play Barbies. I'd want to go into my room with my, you know, my hairbrush and sing in front of my mirror. And, you know, um, we, uh, it actually, it's funny because we were downtown at a promenade day, which is a berry fair that happens every year here. And um, at that point, my parents really didn't know how much I actually loved to sing. And um, there was a karaoke contest going on. And I remember saying to my mom and my dad, um, I, I want to get up there and I want to sing. And they were like, you know, well, you know, let's, let's just watch the show, Amy. And I was like, no, Mom, I really want to get up and I want to sing. And so they humored me, and then they went and talked to them. And, and I think I was too young at that point, but they allowed me to do it anyway, right? And um, that's I think that's when my parents kind of went, okay, wow, we really do have something here, and she's not kidding, so let's let's work with it. Gotcha. 
And then at that particular point, let's say you're younger and, and as you aged and matured a little bit more, did you find yourself kind of doodling around, writing up, creating your own songs, um, things coming into play like that? Oh, all yeah, all the time. Like, um, I, I can't remember not wanting to write, too. I just, I love writing, whether it was just stories or, you know, something that happened, I just, I always like to sit down and write. And, um, you know, with this album, that's what I, I got to do, right? So, um, you know, it, it's not just the creative side of singing, but it's also, it's a whole package, right? Like, it's it's one of those things where you know what you want to do, and I want to be a singer, and I want to be a songwriter, and I've known that for a very long time at a very young age. And additionally, of course, I, I, I guess my presumption here is is you're going along and you're writing all these different songs. And it, Was it always the country thing, or at a young age did you kind of take a look at the other things, looking at rock or classic rock, or is it, is, was, was it just that the country stuck with you, or did you have an appreciation for all of them and just kind of selectively said, country's where I'm at? Um, you know what? I love all genres of music, and um, but I, I have to say, country has always been my true passion. Um, my my first album that I released was a gospel album, and you know, though at the time it just seemed fit, uh, you know, it kind of left me to the point where I was like, you know, I love it, but you know, it's not country, and country is truly where my heart is. I gotcha. Okay, now as I understand it, uh, you you did your musical studies. At, I believe it's pronounced the tough. Gong Studios, is that correct? Um, Sorry? Uh, the, I believe that it says here that your musical studies, did you attend Tough Gong Studios, is that correct? Um, no. <laughs> I would swear that I, okay. Well, if I have misinformation here, maybe you can share with us some of the benefits. Um, musically, I'm assuming that you had gone to, uh, you've gotten an education in music, and if you can kind of give us a background on where that came from and what the benefits were from that and what you felt you gained from that. Um, well, it's not like I actually I went to school to to study it, but um, you know, since I was a young age, I've I've been in music lessons. Um, I, I got to learn a, a cool, unique. Um, thing called yodeling, and um, by the age of 13, it just kind of stuck with me, and and um, I worked hard, and and you know it's one of those things that I use all the time in my shows, um, as well as um, opera. I've done opera in the past, so you know just different vocal te- techniques that I've worked on in the past, but necessarily I haven't really trained for it. Okay, I've got you. And as you are now getting older, are you finding that you wish to branch out into those various types of things? Like you said, you've tried these other outlets before. Is that something that intrigues you to possibly do in the future besides just the country aspect of things? Um, I, you know what, I would, I would honestly probably like to one day maybe release or, or not even release, but, you know, do a, a rock song, a really, really hardcore rock song and just see how I can convert wow. that. I don't know if it will be a complete mess, but, you know, it's worth a try. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now that's surprising to me. And well, actually the opera side of things is surprising to me because I'm a huge opera fan. And so I always get excited when I hear that people have actually sang opera. It takes some tenacity, I think, to, um, to perform in that in that arena, I think it's amazing that you can do something like that. Kudos, and you're beautiful on top of it, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, I personally find it nothing short of amazing that um, your first album was released uh, at the meager age of age 13. I believe it's entitled One Special Girl. Uh, could you yeah. explain to our audience the process involved with the completion of that project? How did it come about? Oh, my gosh, that was <laughs> that album was just... A lot of work, and, and so was any album. But I remember um, at that point I was in high school or just entered high school. So, um, you know, it was like I'd go to school and then I would, you know, come home and get my stuff, and we'd have to drive to Wasaga Beach, which is about 45 minutes away from Barrie. And I would be in the studio from about six o'clock at night until um, 11 o'clock. And this would happen about four times a week, three to four times a week. And it was like I lived, I breathed, and I, I just left music all the time, right? So, um, and, and you know, the process of that, it, it was probably a good six six months in the making for that album. So it was a lot of work, everything about that. There was no, you know, going out to school with friends or going out to, you know, the typical teenage parties. It was it was music. It was music 100% with me. And um, the process of that album, it, you know, it took forever, but it was well worth it. 
And was it, did you find that to be more strenuous? Obviously, because, of course, at age 13, most of us are thinking, I'm a teenager and I'm doing this and this and this. I'm curious to ask, because I'm a parent myself also, how how your parents dealt with that. You know, that's a lot of expectation and responsibility for a child 13. How how did that, how did you commingle all of that, if you will? Um, you know what, I think at a point that they were relieved, right, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in schools, and they, and they knew, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there being a mischief. They knew that I was, you know, in the studio working on an album. And, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really go out and associate a lot with friends after school. It was, you know, I've, I've got my music career and this is what I want to do and this is what I want to do for life. So, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to work on that album and I'm going to work as hard as I can to get where I need to be. And, you know, still to this day, my parents even, you know, kind of talk about it and go, you know, well, she really did know at, at you know, five when she I sat down with them and told them, this is what I want to be, and this is my life strategy, and, you know, you're going to help me get there. So, um, you know, I think I think in a way, to, to answer the question, I think they were just they were relieved. It, it's not like I wasn't a normal kid. Yeah, I did go to, you know, birthday parties and, and you know, did the whole um, fun thing, but not as much as what your typical 13-year-old would do. And I think in this industry, you know, there, there's a lot of um, artists that have started young, and it, this industry does make you grow up a lot. You've got to grow up, you know, and, and find your way and find who you are to be where you need to be. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, of course, obviously it worked very well for you because you've obviously progressed along to bigger and, and better things, which we're getting to. Um, I want to twist things around kind of to more present day um, because your roles in life obviously extend not only to musician but uh, being a mom and being a wife, as I understand it. Yes, um, I have three beautiful daughters. <laughs> I was just going to ask and you about that, actually. the reason. But, of course, I'm a typical girl, so I always want to talk about the really cutesy stuff. So let's talk about your husband, of course. Do tell us, A, is he a oh. musician? Second of all, how did you meet him? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you really want to know really? the real story? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, all the listeners actually... want to know the dirt. <laughs> we actually met, um, my husband is a paramedic here in, in Ontario, and um, we actually met at a bar. I was singing at a bar, actually, and um, he's uh, he was there just at the point of um, after work having a drink, and um, so I was I was at this bar, and, and I shouldn't have been. I was underage, and, and it was one of those things where, you know, the bartender sneaks you in to sing some songs, right? So uh, I <laughs> okay. you know, go in and sing some songs. And um, he was there, and and uh, we met. And long story short, we met and we married. <laughs> wow, that didn't take very long, did it? Oh my goodness gracious! So oh, you were there's, an early there's bride. a whole long story, but <laughs> the story could go my on forever. Goodness. <laughs> Holy cow! Look at that. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Now, obviously, um, I'm, I wanted to ask additionally how your family deals with the somewhat heavy expectations that you have due to obviously having your life as a musician. Um, you know what? I think my my family is really enjoying it. Like it's, um, it's it's not as easy as what it was when I was younger, right? Because if you think of one person and that's yourself, and now I've got a whole different ball game. I think of my kids when I'm, you know, doing music. It's you know, can I be away from my kids this week to go on the road, or you know, can I do this because of the kids? It's a whole different ball game. But it, it's in the sense of I think they're enjoying it. Like my thirteen or my thirteen year old, my eleven year old. Oh my god, I'm making myself older than what I really am. Um, my eleven year old. <laughs> It was funny when um, Party Like a Redneck came out, um, the video, um, I had talked to the directors and I had said one of the things I really want, I wrote this song based on my family, um, and one of the things I wanted was my family to be in the video, so all three of my children were in Party Like a Redneck, the music video, and um, my daughter had... The the, the the video had just gotten picked up from CMT, and we were all very expected by it because, you know, it's a very hard task to, to accomplish. So, you know, when it got picked up, my daughter had, you know, come to me, my 11-year-old, and she goes, you know, Mom, do you think it might be time to get me some security? And I'm thinking, what? Why, why do you need security? And she goes, well, the paparazzi's going to want to know what your kids look like. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, Dana, if it ever gets to that point, I promise we'll get you some security, some high-tech security. But at this point, hon, it's <laughs> it's not there. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! How adorable some of the questions that? they come out with. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now, do tell me, uh, how old are your children? Um, Dana is eleven, Olivia is four, and Ella is two. Okay, I've got you. So, of course, we have the eleven-year-old going to school, and I, I'm guessing that this is probably huge bragging rights for her to be able to say, "Hey, guess who my mom is? Check this out." <laughs> <laughs> 
I yeah, and, and you know, at the age of 11, she's going, I was in a music video, and I'm on CMT, and I'm, <laughs> she's so oh, funny. Oh, and that's so cool. <laughs> that is. That makes for a really lovely experience. And, of course, just I imagine it must be so bountiful for you to be able to look at your children and just see that they're proud of their mom and that, you know, you have this passion that they admire so much. Um, any inclination as to whether they might go down the same road you're going? Um, you know what? It's funny because Dana, uh, my oldest one, is, uh, to sum it up, identical to the way that I was. She loves music. And, in fact, I think that she's more into it at her age now than what I was. Um, she's She's been taking dance since she was two, and she just loves to dance and sing. And, you know, clearly I think she thinks she's going to be the next Justin Bieber, but the female version, right? So, right, exactly. So you know, making all these cute little YouTube videos and, and, you know, saying, well, I you know, maybe somebody will see me, Mom, and, and I'll be a star. <laughs> oh, neat. How cool is that? And I'm assuming, obviously, Mom would be 100% on board for that. Or would you kind of maybe hesitate and say, hey, you know, this is a lot of work, this is a lot of this or that. Would you be more encouraged by that or would you be hesitant? Um, I, I would like to say that I would be encouraging, but I, I know how, how the industry, how hard it is to make it in this industry. And, you know, for every... You know, one person that that um, you know wants you to make it. There's a hundred more that don't, right? So, right. you know, it's it's definitely a cutthroat industry, and and I just you know I don't nobody wants to see their kids get hurt, right? So, um, I would I would encourage her. I definitely wouldn't say don't do it, but at that same point, I would like to you know I'd like to see her finish school and and get an education and possibly you know explore all her options. Oh, wonderful. Look at that. And your husband must be so proud of you. Again, with the bragging rights. He's probably out there. Yeah, that's my wife. That's our video. Check this out. He must be proud. Oh, he's ecstatic. You know what? He's he's probably more, I think he's more excited about things than I am. I, I get excited, but it's funny. Whenever Michael will send us a, an email in regards to stuff that's going on or, or we'll be talking to Michael about, you know, hey, this is going on, and, and he gets on and he's like, oh, my God, Amy, this is going on, and he's just so excited. It's, it's great, though, to have that type of um, support in, in the family unit, right? That's absolutely amazing. How wonderful is that? Okay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I kind of want to talk a bit about um, your second album, which is Last of the True Believers, which was recorded in, or released rather in 2001. Um, do you find that there's a variation musically between one special girl and this album? So you, do you see differences between the two? Obviously, I know you were younger at one time, but you personally as a musician? Um. Oh, gosh, Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because I, at 13 I was so young and you know I really didn't I didn't have any say in in the songs that I sang on One Special Girl to the the musicians to the way that the music was to uh, you know even the photo shoot the album shoot cover I didn't even get to you know say which one it was going to be or it was just one of those things where you know everything from the clothes to the hair to the songs to everything with that album was picked for me right where mm -hmm. with the last of the true believers I had you know at that point even though I was 16, I kind of said, you know, this is what I want. Um, this is, you know, these are my my views on this. And, and they would kind of go, okay, you know, we see what you're saying and, you know, this is, yeah, we can work with it. And, you know, one was a gospel album, which was One Special Girl, and then the, the Last of True Believers was kind of a, a pop country album, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're very, very different opposed to, you know, the the sound and, and you know, what what type of area we were you know, aiming to go down oh, for those two albums. And I'd also like to maybe have you elaborate a bit on some of the uh, inspiration that was put into this particular recording. Where did it come from? Um, for the new album? No, the um, the 2001, Last of the True Believers. Oh, um, the inspiration. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's um, a good question. I always ask that. I want to mm. know where did it come from. Oh my gosh! Uh, oh, that's years ago. <laughs> I can barely remember what I ate yesterday. Oh, that's okay. You know what? If you can't remember, you can't. You know what might be a better question to ask you then is this: maybe kind of elaborate to us on the process. What is your process like? If you want to sit down, like I'm, a, I'm an author, so I have my own process as to how I do things, from the pen I use, the music I listen to, to not having any wine until I'm done writing. All of these are little niches that I have for myself. For you personally as a musician, uh, maybe explain your process and how you do that. How do you write a song, your songs? 
Um, well, every every song has a story, right? So um, I, I just, you know, it's, it's funny how songs come about. Like I was, um, you know, one day just sitting in a coffee shop and I was just drinking coffee and I seen <laughs> this really cute, good-looking boy. And I was like, oh, my God, he's such a cowboy Romeo. And then I literally had called up my, um, my bass player, who uh, is just fantastic, and we were talking about, you know, writing a song together. So um, when we sat down, we, we kind of talked and I, you know, brought up the, the song Cowboy Romeo to her. And long and behold, we sat down, we wrote the song about, you know, Cowboy Romeo that really was fictional, but he wasn't. He was someone that, you know, I had seen walk into a coffee shop and I'm like, oh, my God, he's gorgeous. What what What's going on? And, and mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And, and Redneck Reunion, when um, I, I wrote that with my producers from this album, Glenn Colson and Marty Beecroft, and um, that song is it's funny. It's actually based on my sister's wedding and, and my redneck family. So, you know, there's definitely every song has a story, and I always try to write songs that, you know, have been life experiences that have happened to me or that have some sort of meaning. I gotcha. Of course, that makes sense. Um, next, let's talk about that uh original recording that you did based on the Backstreet Boys song, which is I Just Want You to Know, uh, which you performed in your own style. Was there a particular reason in making the selection of that particular band's work to make your own, so to speak? How did that come about? Um, well, I have, actually, Jessica might be listening, a good friend of mine, Jessica, um, who who I've been friends with for years, um, she is a huge Backstreet Boys fan, and um, she, she has probably every album, I think she's been probably every concert, um, and she had actually brought that song to me, and um, I, I, it was a song that was put on one of their albums as a filler song, I actually don't know if it was really released, um, but she had brought it to me and, and had said, I, I really like this song, Amy, and I think you do a good job doing it in country. And I listened to it, and I fell in love with it. It's such a great song. And, you know, even the way that they do it is absolutely amazing. And I thought to myself, can I even come close to trying to compare or top that? And I was like, you know what, let's just have fun with it. So when um, that song, uh, when we were talking about doing a new album, I had brought that song to my producers and, and had them listen to it. And they said, no, it's a really good song, let's do it. And uh, long and behold, that's, you know, one of our first songs we went to Nashville and did. And look at that. And, of course, obviously, it's so exciting, as I'm sure you know, when you have your singles and they first debut and then they go on to have just amazing luck here as far as with the the music row breakout chart, obviously, which I know it's been on before. Is it kind of a surreal experience? I mean, are you still kind of looking at this and thinking, oh, my God, this is me and I accomplished this and, and this is awesome and I keep getting better and people keep noticing me? Uh, are you at that point yet where you're kind of like owning it and saying, you know what, oh, yeah, I did it. every day. Like, it's it's funny. Every day I'm like, oh, my God, what are people thinking? Like, Michael will email me and say, you know, the song moved up three spots or the song moved up four spots. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I literally start jumping to the point where if you were if you were sitting beside me, you'd just think, oh, my God, I'm crazy. But I literally mm-hmm. start jumping and I'm, like, you know, crying and I'm I'm just an emotional wreck. And I'm like, what are people thinking? I can't believe they like me. So I'm just oh I'm so goodness. thankful and I'm so just humbled that everybody is giving me an opportunity to do what I love and and that's make music. Was this something that you anticipated? Did you have that inner confidence to be able to say, you know what, I am going to make it and I'm going to do well and people are going to know my name and they're going to recognize me, or did it kind of kind of sneak up on you and you know you just weren't expecting all this? Um, it, well, it's it's funny because people people think that it's just something that happened overnight. And you know, I'm I'm 29 right now, and I literally I literally have been working on this since I was five. I, I took some time off in the middle to have some some you know a family, have some kids. But you know, at that point, I, I you know they're like, wow, it's it's happened so fast. And I'm like, no, it really hasn't. It's it, this is 20 years in the making. You know, I, I'm an, I'm not really you know. I'm not someone that just woke up one morning and said, gee, I'm going to be a singer, and then I did a song and I made the charts. This is something that has, you know, taken a long time, and it's still it's still a long road ahead of us, you know what I mean? So I'm just so humbled that people are still allowing me to do what I love. Oh, definitely. And you do it very well, by the way, because I have listened to your music, and I can say that you do it very well. And I can say that I'm impressed for a young lady, and yes, you are young, because the host here is 43, so... <laughs> You've got some younger <laughs> years on me here. Thank you very much. Um, I, oh. I kind of found it neat. I've been told that your sound has been compared to the likes of both the American Idols, obviously Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson. Um, two questions there. First off, uh, are you flattered by that? And second of all, um, do you notice any similarities between their voices and yourself? 
Oh, I honestly, when I heard that, it was probably the first time when I went to Nashville. Um, just uh, back about a month ago, we did our radio tour down there, and I had a couple shows. And um, the first time I actually had heard that was when I was in a radio interview, and they're like, you know, how do you how do you feel being compared to Kelly Clarkson and Kelly and Carrie Underwood? And I was like, are you kidding me? Are people really saying that? And then I started <laughs> reading more because I really hadn't read a whole lot about it, and I was I was like, oh my god, I can't believe like it's such an honor. You know, these are two fantastic singers, and they're just really tearing up tearing up the charts, right? So even to just right. be named in the same category as them, I'm just I'm flabbergasted. Oh, definitely. And, you know, obviously, especially with a, a girl like Kelly Clarkson, she's one of my personal favorites. She just sings from the heart, and she doesn't pull any punches. Pretty much in her music, you can tell what she's thinking, how she's feeling. I have a great appreciation for women that can sing like that. That's very strong. And oh, she's amazing. You're in a wonderful category, my dear. My goodness gracious, you are impressive. Um <laughs> I'm well, sure that we you. touched on this a little bit earlier, but I know that you had uh, want to talk a little bit about, uh, I want to know from you uh, the qualities and attributes that you admire most about your musical icon, Dolly Parton, because uh, I've been told that she's an idol of yours, and I'm just curious as to what what inspires you about her. Oh, gosh, what doesn't inspire me about her? She's so <laughs> amazing. I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, so I, I've always been a huge fan of Dolly Parton. I love her. Um, her music alone is just amazing, and and you know to boot, she's an amazing person. Uh, I I got to see her years ago in concert um, at Casino Rama, and um, she she was doing a two night show, so we got to see her on the second night, and she comes out and she's just so so funny and just forward with the crowd, right? Like she can say anything and get away with it. So she comes out on stage and she she just kind of goes. Wow, we we got a mighty fine good looking crowd here tonight. I got to tell you, because last night I had some ugly ones, and I was just like laughing, and I was like, I can't even believe that she said it. And everybody just there was just, oh my God, they fell in love with her. And you know, she she doesn't even have to to say anything. She's she's a good singer in herself, but just her mm-hmm. personality and her outgoing personality and the way that she just she's a kidster, and I love it. I love everything about her. Oh, that's amazing. Now, have you? Now that you're getting closer to moving along in your career, and you've had some time to check out and listen to and, and discover other individuals, have you added others to that list in terms of someone you would say, "Yeah, this is a music icon to me, someone that I would love to share a stage with"? Oh, uh, so many, so many. <laughs> I want to share a stage with everybody. <laughs> everybody. Uh, Reba Did you hear that? Anyone uh, listening? Would... If you know anyone, yeah, she'll do it. Anybody. <laughs> Anybody, everybody and anybody yeah. else share a stage with you. <laughs> well, and sometimes you don't know because you are more country-geared. So if I was a betting woman, I would say, okay, yeah, she'd say Patsy Cline or she would say Reba McIntyre or, um, you know, that sort of thing. But that doesn't always necessarily mean that that's what you find to be iconic. It could very well be someone else. It could be Cher, like myself. Yeah. So I guess I'm kind of curious as to see, you know, who really inspires that fire in you and, and you just think, I can't get enough of that singer. Oh, uh, well, you know who I would actually really love to share a stage with? Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi. I would oh. absolutely just love to sing with him. Like, not only is he a great singer and his music is just off the charts fantastic, but he's so cute. I was just going to say, <laughs> I would just love to marry him. Oh, wait, that's right, he has a wife I, well, already. Well, stand in line at him. <laughs> oh, my God, he is just absolutely amazing. I... I I am a huge admirer of his talent. I think that, you know, Steven Tyler's of the world, uh, Rolling Stones, obviously, oh, all your yeah. classics are, are just amazing. Um, if you could think about duetting with someone, who might that be, male or female? Um, male, I would have to say bon, John Bon Jovi. Um, okay. it, it would be great to, you know what, funny, it would be great to do something with Kiss. Wow. <laughs> She just blew me away right there, folks, because I wasn't seeing that coming at all. Really? Wow. Kiss. I would like so to get into like the whole makeup and white makeup. And... <laughs> I could oh have said goodness. Alice Cooper. <laughs> yes, you actually could have. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Now, um, tell us a little bit, because I'm, I'm, of course, from Wisconsin, and I'm not sure who all over the place is going to be listening from what state, so we aren't always privy to getting to a show or a concert. Tell us what that's like. I mean, do we have elaborate sorts of country costumes or, or what what sort of prep work goes involved into bringing a show about, your show, as compared to another artist? Um, you know what I try to do? I'm I'm very, uh, as you can tell, I have no filter. And and that's what people have said about me. I've, I've got probably a, just, 
I'm not sure if it's an outgoing personality, but it's a personality that is not stoppable. So, um, yeah, I try to incorporate that into my shows. Like I said, I love the fact that Dolly Parton's really forward and she's funny. And, you know, we try we try to add that kind of humor into our shows, even though we're there to make music and we're there to really give people a good time. But it's about having fun, too, right? So, you know, every now and then we'll try to add in, like, a little, you know, comic step. Not really that I'm a comic, but, you know, I, I just I like to have fun with the audience. So I think that's very important to me. Not only am I there to sing, but I'm there to make them have fun. And if, you know, telling jokes or, you know, doing the whole... I, I just I'm there to have fun. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I gotcha. And is their audience participation encouraged at your shows as well? Oh, my God. Anybody ever come yes, up on stage please. and want to sing with you, et cetera, et cetera? Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, it's funny because we did a show about a month ago, and we had a young gentleman that was uh, at one of our shows, and he was so funny to the point where um, we we did a remake of Big and Rich, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, but we kind of incorporated oh, yeah. into to my style, right? And he was just funny, and he had the whole crowd going. I I didn't even have to do a thing. He was up, and he was you know slapping everybody's bums and. And, you know, grabbing the mic and, you know, doing the whole save a horse, ride a cowboy thing. And he was just great. So it's great to have people at shows like that that, you know, just, you know, make it fun for me as well. Oh, definitely. I would agree with that 100%. And, of course, um, your event schedule, which we'll go through later, obviously, is on your website, which I'll let individuals know as we go along here. Um, curious, has there ever been an instance in your life where you said to yourself, you know, I kind of regret this choice that I made. Perhaps I should have done something a little more secure, let's say financially. I mean, was there ever any regret or maybe a thought that you maybe should have taken a different career path? Um, no, not for a second. Ever since I was young, this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, though sometimes I might think, was it the best choice? You know, because there is a lot of traveling involved in it. And, you know, when you have a family, it is hard to, to be out on the road. But, you know, in the sense, this is exactly what I think I was put on this earth to do. And, 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 again, it's to make music. And, you know, as long as my family's supportive of it and I have them backing me up, I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, I can just walk through and accomplish everything. Definitely. And, of course, that goes along to my next question somewhat, which is maybe tell us the downsides to this occupation. What are you finding out about this that you just just doesn't sit well with you? Are there any downsides? Um, it's, it's funny because people want you to be this, this certain person. And, and like I said before, it's a cutthroat industry. Everybody is trying to make it. And there is a lot of talented singers out there. And, you know, it's one of the things, what makes you different from everybody, but also at the sense, you know, there's, there's people that want you to be different or not even different, but, you know, they have a certain image. So you've got to, you know, be, you know, this, this person that they want you to be. And, and, you know, it, you can't just be yourself sometimes. You've got to change to to more or less make them like you. I, I'm trying to put it in terms to make it sound what I think it sounds like, but I'm just I'm not certain if I'm actually getting there. <laughs> I see what you're talking about. No, I understand exactly what you mean. Plus, there's, I mean, I'm assuming huge expectations, not only you put on yourself, but I'm guessing for individuals who are... Um, interested in music they expect a certain thing out of you you expect a certain thing out of yourself and that that must be a lot to carry around at times i imagine yeah yeah like you you gotta you know it, it's it's funny how the industry like some points you're thinking is it really is it 10 percent talent and is it you know 90 percent image and which is, at, at points it makes you think that right you you've got to be this person and are you you're constantly thinking am i pretty enough am i am i small enough am i talented enough and and of course those are things that you should never have to think about yourself but unfortunately in this industry it's it's one of those things that you're constantly thinking of Definitely. Oh, honey, i got to tell you, you got no worries about that. Not about the looks, not about the size, not about the talent. So just from an outsider's <sighs> point of view, I'm just sharing a little bit there for you, dear. Um, Aw, thank you. I, you're quite welcome. I wanted to talk about this amazing, and I mean amazing song, Redneck Reunion. Um, as it stands from what I can see here, it seems to be one of your bigger accomplishments to date thus far. Um, it debuted at number seven on the Independent Music Network chart. Um, your video for said song obviously debuted on the top 25 most watch on uh, wildwire.com. And finally, uh, you've just obtained just a tremendous amount of overseas play for the song. Um, I'm curious, was this what you anticipated after you made this song? Did you just know it was just going to be a hit? 
You know how you just know not sometimes? at all. No, not even close. Wow. This song was just it was it is yeah, it's it's funny. Like um this song was one of those songs that um I'll give you the background story of it. Um, VIP, which was a huge pop group in the um, in the 90s, um, two of those members, Glenn Coulson and Marty Beecroft, are the producers of this album and the co-writers of that song. And um, my sister, who you know was a huge fan of them growing up, <clears throat> um, loved them, idolized them, swore she was going to marry them. So um, when she had found out that I was mar- working with Marty and Glenn, she wanted to meet them. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God, like, you can't meet them. You're going to embarrass me. And, you know, because she's, she's got the personality of me. She's really outgoing as well. So um, at that point, she was just in the process of getting married. And um, she had asked me to sing her wedding. So as a wedding gift to her, I had Glenn Coulson, which was her her boy crush, right, for VIP, mm-hmm. um, come out and do a duet with me and Glenn is is so Mr. Hollywood. He's he really is, and and he was not expecting what he was walking into, which was a big redneck wedding party. You know, probably the biggest redneck bash you could think of, right? So uh, we we sang her song, and my grandpa had walked up to Glenn and had said, you know, well you're you're a pretty good entertainer, but uh, I got to tell you, Conway Twitty, now that's what you call an entertainer, and that's where that that line comes into the song, Conway Twitty, Grandma Grandpa talks to Conway Twitty, right? And Glenn just right. kind of looked at me and went, oh my oh my God, Amy, this is a song, and long and behold, we we sat down and we wrote Party Like a Redneck, and uh, I had no idea it was going to be such a huge hit, so that's why when we uh, sat down. With the director of the video, I said I wanted to incorporate this into the biggest redneck bash, and I wanted to include a lot of my family because really they were the inspiration behind the song. Gotcha. And I know this might sound like a silly question to you, but because I am a musician, stupid if you will, meaning I can't sing, I can't play, I can write. That's what I do. So hopefully this won't sound like a dumb question to you. Do you find that this particular piece it might be quote-unquote superior to the others, if you will, meaning... Does that make sense? Um, it's it's definitely different than the others. Yes, um, it's. I think it was just it was meant to be like a fun fun song, right? And um, you know that's something I always want to try to incorporate into my shows is the funness, right? So you know having this song on the album as kind of like the the not so typical. Um, typical song but it, it was just you know it, it's meant to be a fun song so we definitely we definitely it's definitely separate from or different from what you would normally see on one of my albums gotcha i got it um okay next question for you i've been told that your full-length album is penciled for release in 2013 maybe you could divulge to us what we can expect to hear from the new album is it going to be a little different what what can we uh what can we expect to hear um, well, with this new album, you're going to hear a whole lot of um, songs about <laughs> rednecks, <laughs> cute cowboy Romeos, really? um, and then you're going to have your "I Just Want You," "I Just Want You to Know," and you're waiting on sunshine. And and um, we have a song on the album called "All Kinds of Beautiful," and it's it's truly it's one of those songs about you know just thanking life for for the beautiful things that that are in it you know including your your kids your family you know the the fans that allow you to do what you do right so it's going to be a mixture it's going to have your your fun up beats and it's going to have your you know your i thank you for allowing me to do you know what i love to do and and then it's going to have your i just want you to know you broke my heart and now i'm going to slash tires <laughs> Ooh. you know i'm kind of liking this <laughs> I'm in a realm that I have to tell you, the host here, is in a realm outside of herself because I have um, fallen in love with a boy who is very much country. I'm very much a city girl, and he's very much a country boy. And so I guess I have to go to the country girl who I'm interviewing and say to her, hey, do you have any really good country songs that I can woo him over and say, hey, I really do listen to this and I like it. (laughs) I'm trying to get some brownie points here, so help me out. Can you help a girl out here? (laughs) Give me your best thing here. What do you got that I can play for him? Oh, okay. So, hmm. Um, how how crazy are we talking? Do we like him a lot? <laughs> he's he is he's a true blue country, and you know what? I shouldn't say that. He doesn't walk around with a cowboy hat and you know all that good stuff. He's just he's a he's a he's a wonderful man, and he has an appreciation for things, and everything is very, you know. He's very on keel and very calm and very nothing to get worried about sort of thing, and that he's kind of a laid-back sort of gentleman. And I think he thinks that I just absolutely 
hate country music, and I do not, actually. I, I have a great admiration for what you do. So I'm thinking to myself, if I could just play in one of your works and say, honey, do you remember I told you I had this interview today? Now listen to this music. See, I dig this. So if there's something you can pick out, anything romantic, anything really cool to get me points, I'm listening right now. <laughs> hmm, okay, so romantic from another artist. Let's go, hmm. Or Amy Rose, I was thinking more so. Oh, oh Amy Rose. Yeah. Um, I'm playing some party like my guest here. <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. um, if you want romantic, we have this song coming on the album. It's called Waiting on Sunshine, which is actually going to be the next single. Um, okay. You know, that's definitely a make-out song. Are we thinking we want to make out with them? <laughs> Well, always, but, you know, there is a time for always. A time and a place for certain things, certainly. You know, I, I guess what I always look to, and I can say this for um, music as a whole, including yours, obviously, in the whole country realm, I do notice there's so much passion and meaning to most of the songs that are written. You can genuinely, you know, it's been said, and I'll be the first one to say it, you know, when I want to feel like I want to die, I'll turn on a country music song because people are leaving their spouses or dying or, you know, an animal died or this, that, or the other thing, which is my always my longstanding joke. But then on the whole other side of the fence, there's just some beautifully well-written love songs about love and admiration and respect and family, and it's so moving and touching. And that's the part about country that I think I admire most, is that you all seem to resonate that that whole passion for whatever it is that you're thinking oh, about. Do you know what I mean? For sure. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's not all about, you know, you lose your... You lose your dog, you lose your cat, you lose your husband, you lose your car, you lose your house, right. and then you play it backwards right. and you get it all back. You know, it's right. not just like that. Every There's a lot of great songs out there that tell a lot of great stories, and, you know, it's it's a lot of country. A lot of country right. songs do that. Oh, definitely. So, so yeah. Gotcha. Now, um, I'm curious to ask this because, of course, let's just say that you never return to my show, but, God, I hope you do. But let's say we go five years down the road and we're looking at Amy, and uh, what's your personal expectation? Where do you, where do you want to see yourself? Full-blown tour, oh, wedding? What, what's going to happen? <laughs> it's funny because I'll uh, I'll email Michael, and in terms of the point where sometimes I'll put at the end, and P.S., I would like to sing at the Grand Old Opry. And, ah, and Michael's there you probably go, just a little handy. Uh, yeah, like hint, hint, Michael, you know, well, if I'm in Nashville, hey, I want to sing at the Grand Ole Opry, you know, and Michael's probably thinking, oh, my God, Amy, can you just, like, step back, stop, stop. Yeah. But, sure. you know, truly, that is my ultimate goal. Um, I've always been a, a girl with big dreams um, and high expectations. And, you know, right from day one, honestly, since I was five, I've always said I want to perform at the Grand Ole Opry. And, you know, I still want to perform at the Grand Ole Opry because that stage has, you know, touch so many people and so many so many people who they are today have sang on that stage and it's made them who they are today so if i could sing at the grand old opry i would probably kiss everybody in this whole world just to do it i guess and have dolly parton on the stage with you let's not forget and have dolly parton on the stage we could do like a nine to fiver definitely that would be (laughs) awesome I would dig that because I'm digging me some Dolly Parton, too. I got a whole lot of faith in that woman. She's amazingly talented. She can carry oh, off God. a dress and heels like nobody's business. And for she's you women listening just... out there, oh, yeah. I'm sure we all know that Tatas oh, are amazing. there, and I'm like, God help that poor woman walking around. I mean, she's just a, <laughs> she's an impressive, I have no filter either. She's an impressive guest, oh, I, 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 hands down. That's absolutely amazing. Um, do you foresee potentially... Um, you know, full-blown tour? I mean, would you like to see that? I'm assuming every musician's kind of like, yeah, that's... The oh, I, I would go. love to see that. That is that is a goal of mine, yes. I would love to I would love to tour the world, and I would love to share my music with everybody. And, you know, even even since we're, um, we just found out this week that um, between I Just Want You To Know and Party Like a Redneck, it's being played on um, in Japan 73 times a week. So wow. you know, I, I was I I would love to go to Japan. I would love to just you know that's that's somewhere that would just be definitely on the top of my list to go. So you know, Michael, if you're listening, Japan, Japan. <laughs> Michael probably is listening because I know he listens to every he time I think, just to make sure I'm doing my job. Like, is she on the radio right now? So yes, we're both here right now, Michael. Um, and I guess there I, going, I can't believe Amy said that. <laughs> exactly, and I and I'm presuming, of course, and my guess is, is that if you do indeed tour, will you take your family with you? Will they be part of that experience then? Do you think? Um, 
You know, that's something that uh, my husband and I had sat down, and right from the beginning, you know, once we had kids, we, we had sat down and said, you know, if this should happen, you know, what are we going to do? And, you know, definitely my kids' education is top priority. They they need an education, right. and, you know, they can't get that on the road. So um, in sense of if, if I'm on tour during, you know, the, the school the school months, then, you know, they would stay behind with my husband and, and, you know, get what they need, and that's their education. And on summer months, they can come party with Mama on the bus. Yeah, how cool is that? I have the most awesome yeah. I get to party on the tour. How cool is that? Party tour bus. Um, <laughs> We're definitely going to be on the tour bus of the party. <laughs> and I certainly do like to ask most of my musicians that come on, um, any inspiration in any of the creative field, meaning, you know, acting, anything along those lines? Would you ever see yourself doing something like that or something you want to branch into maybe even? Um, yeah, eventually down the road, like any artsy thing I've always been really interested in. And gosh, I would love to, I would love to uh, do some acting, you know, possibly down the road. Um, you know, if, if Rookie Blue, love that show, love the cops on it, think they're adorable. Mm-hmm. So that would be definitely a show that I would like to, you know, definitely try to act on. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Terrific. Uh, I don't know and if I course, do it justice. Oh, Again, we've covered this. She has no worries. I'm telling you, Amy is talented. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really a good actor, but. Intelligent. You know what? You don't know until you try, as you know, obviously. We all have our, exactly. our little exactly. aspirations, so you just don't know. Uh, now, for future reference here, and if this is going on right now, it's good to know, and certainly, or if this is in the works, if you have fans that are actually following you or have a vested interest in you that want to meet you in person, you know, walk up to you, talk to you, is that possible? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know what, I'm so, so accessible, um, you know, there's different, different media outlets to reach me, like, you can check me out on Facebook, and, you know, I'm on Facebook, my reformation, my Twitter, follow me on Twitter, you can talk to me all the time on Twitter, so, yeah, no, there's, there's definitely, you know, I'd love to meet everybody, and I'd love to hear, you know, everybody's stories, and, you know, just what, what makes them like me, you know, tell me what, tell me why you like me. <laughs> Well, certainly. That makes perfect sense, actually. That's awesome. Um, Now, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. I want to just go through these uh, various places that individuals can find you since you referenced them. Um, Amy has a Facebook page, which is called Amy Rose Music. Of course, she has a website, www.amyrosemusic.com. And on Twitter, she has at Amy, and that's underscore, is that correct? Underscore Rose underscore music, if I have that correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, she also has MySpace and YouTube, which certainly you can hear your music on there. Um, I forgot to ask you if you are actually on Reverbination as well. We are, yes. Okay, that's what I thought, actually. I wanted to make a note of that, obviously. Um, my last question to you is probably the most important one I'm going to ask you for the whole interview, which is how do I score an Amy Rose T-shirt? Well, I think that can be an arranged. I think we could definitely <laughs> hook you up with one of those. <laughs> How much begging would I have to do to get something like that? It's free promotion. That's all I'm going to say. I'm would you wear it all the everywhere. time? Like, would you, and I'll say, would you I talk to her. walk around town? That's right. Cindy's walking around town talking about Redneck Reunion, <laughs> and I got it from her, and she was on my show. Oh, gosh, I so love you. Young lady. Oh, my gosh. What can I say? I'm all about the promotion. I'm a shameless promoter 24-7. <laughs> Amy Rose, this it's is what good. I can tell you. I couldn't possibly be happier with giving up an hour's worth of my time on a Saturday just to hang with you. I, I think you are Oh, you're amazing. amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, I my God. Glad. You have been fun, and you have been funny, and I like your personality, and I love your music, and I'm telling my audience right now that I'm going to nag at you for probably a week solid and keep talking about Amy Rose just because I can. Um, <laughs> I want to give you an open invitation to come back, even, you know, if you become a popular star and you can just say, I was on that Sins chat corner and who is she? Hopefully you won't ever say that, but hopefully you will entertain the idea of coming back. Hopefully by the time that your um, release comes up for the album, I'd love to have you come talk about the new album, what's in store for that. Um, I'd love it. I, I would be absolutely Well, definitely, honest. definitely. I've, I, oh, God, I had so much fun. And if I'm ever, if you're ever in Canada, you look me up, and we will totally hook up and go for a beer and talk about this, this country boy that you're talking about. Oh, my God. I, well, hopefully, if he's smart, he will just propose, and then he'll be my husband, and then we will come to Canada. Oh. And then, you know, we could actually hang and have a beer together, although he's not much of a drinker. He would probably just, he's what, a shy guy. What's he guy. waiting he's for? Tell him to you. propose. Get out on one knee and propose. Do you well, want me to call him up and tell him? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's been almost four months, and it's been a little rough. We're still, we're in love, but it's a tough being in love, so we're trying to work it out. So I, I um, you know, I, I have crossed fingers. So maybe I'll just play Amy Rose music for a week solid, and I'll be like, honey, look, it's my well, new favorite. It's Amy Rose. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to well, give it my best boys, shot. Well, country boys, whoever you are out there, just get on one knee and just propose. Come on. What are you waiting for? <laughs> oh, my God. I so love Miami Rose. This is awesome. Now, before I forget, I want to say once again, thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. If you are listening, which I think you are, thank you so much for bringing me such talented musicians and letting me have a wonderful time doing what I have a passion for, which is having people like you on my show so I can just raise some awareness, get your name out there, hopefully try to get you some new fans. I promise you in Canada, if I am there, I will certainly come and see you, certainly. And one more time, just to reiterate, www.amyrosemusic.com. We're on YouTube, we're on MySpace, we're on Reverb Nation, Facebook, which is Amy Rose Music. Follow her on Twitter, which I do, which is at Amy underscore Rose underscore music. That's every way to find you. And in addition, just to let you know, Amy, so you can let other people know, after we get finished this morning, um, maybe within the hour, this will become an archived episode. We were live this morning. And so it's archived. So anyone can go any point in time, all year round, you can go back and listen to you here. And additionally, we're going to try to get it up on YouTube so you can get a national listening so that people can actually hear you nationwide as well. Um, And again, last thing I can tell you is, please come back on my show because I would love to have you anytime. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, not a problem at all, dear. You have yourself a nice weekend. You too. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, folks. That was my exclusive interview with Amy Rose. As you can see, she is just an amazing talent. She has an absolutely blooming personality, and I can't say when I've had a better time on a Saturday morning hanging with a musician besides my BFF and best friend. I just want to make a couple quick notes here for you to the listening audience. For anyone who is in Milwaukee, which is where I reside, please make it a point to get out to Okachi this evening. My uh, soul sister and best friend, Annie B, of Annie B and the Vagabond Company, is going to be playing out there tonight. Forgive me in that I do not know the specific location as to where she's going to be. So please check out her website at www.anniebmusic.com. Additionally, uh, out in Cudahy, Wisconsin tonight, uh, my fellow musician friend Scotty Barrett of the band Bad Boy will be playing drums out at the bar, as I mentioned, the Salty Dog, and that's in Cudahy this evening. Additionally, for those of you who live close to the Miller Park area, Mamie's on 33rd is National is having their actual annual Christmas party this evening, which yours truly will be stopping by sometime tonight. And of course, my dear friend Dave Miller is also having an open jam as well tonight with his friends, which you may want to check out. So bottom line, folks, is there is a tremendous amount of talent that's going on tonight. Um, Oh, didn't want to forget Scotty Meisner out at the Fox and Hounds restaurant. Go check out live music. I am a number one advocate because I myself am a literary artist. I'm also a big fan of artists all over the place in Milwaukee, and a huge supporter of live music. So I wholeheartedly advocate you getting out there and uh, checking it out. Uh, On a final note, I just wanted to talk about next week, just to let you all know what we have coming up on the 11th. My very dear friend Lori Sidus of the band Lynette Skinnerd, another musician, will be coming on on the 11th, and that's at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. On the 12th, we have a younger actor, Brandon Tyler Russell, who's going to be on the show at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then on the 13th at 5 p.m., we're going to be having our exclusive interview with a younger actress, Emma Bateman. So I do hope that you will take the opportunity to tune into my program or even archive listen to it. I appreciate you taking the time this morning to listen to our show. And I hope that you all have a great weekend, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care.